Good morning, afternoon, or evening. My name is Caleb, and it's past my bedtime. It's good to be back all together with all of you listeners out this lovely afternoon. For the first time ever, I am not by myself. That would make sense since it's episode two. But I'm actually with my boy Jake. Uh, Jake and I have known each other for, let's I believe, 11 years since about third grade, and we are both sophomores in college as of right now. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's finally good to get this thing rocking and rolling and, and actually talking to a real person and not sitting alone in a room by myself. So with that, I'll, uh, I'll let Jake, Jake give us a couple words. All right. Hey, this is Jake and uh, Caleb's good friend from high school. Um, like he said, we've known each other for a pretty long time. It wasn't until recently, though, uh, about three years ago, where we started being uh, best friends really good friends and um, I'll talk a little bit about myself and get into how that happened yeah um, so basically I'm starting my sophomore year in college at Auburn just like Caleb um, studying building science um, enjoy, starting to enjoy that now now that we're getting more into it and uh, I graduated from Whitesburg Christian Academy back in Huntsville um, I'm glad to be here back in Auburn um, um, I'm really glad to be talking with Caleb about some topics that we're going to talk about today, and um, I just kind of want to get to get into like how it was before Corona and um, how uh, how kind of like we became best friends. I'll talk about that first, and then we'll talk about the Corona stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know the the direction I wanted to do with this podcast is I kind of want to I kind of want us to have a fruitful conversation and I want us to kind of dig deep because oftentimes we find our we find ourselves in today's common time though we can communicate so easily we do not communicate enough and uh, yeah so you know we can we can start off with some light conversation you know from Jake and I you know uh, y'all don't necessarily know him that well I've I've given y'all a little bit of introduction about myself personally and so yeah we can you know give y'all a little little glimpse into into our life. So I believe that when I first met Jake, it wasn't always the most squeaky clean and pretty friendship. Um, actually, he introduced me while kicking me <laughs> under the lunch table. So I can let him, I'll, I'll let him tell that story because he remembers it a lot. He, he, he has a lot more context than I do. All I remember is, is just being absolutely bombarded <laughs> under the table by a young Jake's shoes. <laughs> Yeah, um, so dating back to, uh, I'd say it was third grade, I believe, um, I remember I was not really the most uh, happy child. I was always angry for some odd reason. Um, maybe it's because I, maybe I was resentful because I was trying to please people, or maybe it's just because I was young and it was like a phase. But I will say that... Um, I, I know. I, I remember that day very vividly. We were in the old cafeteria in the the lunchroom, and uh, you remember that place, don't you? And uh, um, I was hanging out with some friends that I thought were my great friends, you know. And um, I remember they sat down next to me, and then after like two or three minutes, they realized they wanted to sit somewhere else or some other people, and I was just kind of left there alone. And I got super mad. I got super upset but didn't want to talk about it. And Caleb, he was just minding his own business, sitting across the table from me, and he was eating a sandwich, I remember. And he was just, he was just like living life, you know? And then 
you know, we're little kids, so we're on the, these chairs and our legs are dangling. And um, he, his legs were dangling and it hits my leg, it hits my shin, just barely, just barely. And it, that was just enough to like blow my gas. And then I started just kicking him back like pow, 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 pow. And, and he was like, ow, that hurt, that hurt. And I was like, and I didn't say anything after that. I got in trouble, I remember. Jake did not care. Jake took no prisoners. <laughs> that, that was important. And so, yes, Jake, Jake was new to the school at the time. It's, it's important to realize. So, yeah, I did not, not know that was coming. But, uh, yes, it was not the most exciting thing. But, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember always Jake being present. I actually remember uh, going forward a couple of years, like in fifth grade, uh, I don't even think I've told Jake this outright, but whenever we'd be sitting in class and it'd be time to read, I didn't ever realize how much I, I wasn't great at reading comprehension until like I realized, like, oh, you can't just look at the words and then know what happened in the story. But what I learned is, is if I sat in the back with one of my other friends, I would not do well. But I knew Jake, he kind of sat in maybe like the third row. It wasn't a big class, but he'd sit in the third row, and he was a very driven individual when it came to reading at least from what I remember. And I knew if I sat next to Jake, I would actually get work done. But if I sat in the back, I'd just be, you know, goofing off and clowning. So, yeah, I think I think that's when time started kind of warming up between Jake and I. Um, yeah, I don't remember exact dating, uh, but I remember also, like, you know, I'd go to his house. I don't know if you ever came to mine, but I'd, we'd, you know, go to his house. We'd fart around. Uh, I know, I know Jake, Jake will remember these things. Um, but... Yeah, I especially remember going over, and Jake had two dogs, and they were very, very sweet puppies. Not not puppies, I'm going to call them puppies for the purpose. They were very, very sweet dogs. But, um, uh, yeah, I wanted to go over there, and I wanted to pet Jake's dogs all the time, and, you know, Jake wanted to do other things. We had a conflict of interest that I will, uh, I'll let him talk about the, the, the first time, the first time we went over there. Oh, that conflict of interest. Yes, that was a very, um... Poignant, I guess. Poignant, uh, yes. <laughs> that's the word I'm going to use right now. But uh, I remember we had these two dogs. I and what I, I think both of them are actually uh, they have passed. But uh, we do have two dogs now. But the two that we had were they're passed now. But they were very cute dogs. They were very friendly dogs. And I remember Caleb always wanted to go outside and pet them when he was over at my house. And this one time he was over, um, I remember I had. I had gotten one of the Pokemon games. I think it was Heart Gold, and um, I was on, stuck on a gym, like one of the gym leaders. And um, I know Caleb had beaten the game, mm -hmm. and so I was asking for Caleb's help. And Caleb, this is like the start when he first came over, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure." So he helped me out and told me what to do, and I finally beat the gym leader. And then after that, that's all I wanted to do. I only wanted to play Pokemon. Pokemon is a very gripping game, especially when you're about eight or nine years old. It's just, you can just be zeroed in and lose a complete track of time. And that is most certainly what happened with Jake. <laughs> I remember after that, he was, just, he was glued to his screen. And I think I actually walked one of his dogs just because I was like, I wanted so bad to play with those stinking dogs. And uh, yeah, there wasn't much after that necessarily. But um, uh, yeah, I remember at that, about that same time, maybe a couple years later, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of embarrass Jake verbally here, but he uh, he made an Instagram account as we as most of us did, and Jacob was vehement about posting selfies and giving giving you know other people status status updates <laughs> per se 
about his life. And uh, yeah, there was there was quite a collection of uh, interesting pictures Jake decided to post. Um, he and, and more power to him at this point. He has a new Instagram now, but as of recently, he almost he had the opportunity. He could have like shut down the uh, page, but uh, he opted out because he knew how much we uh, we love we love young Jake and just how goofy he'd get. Uh, for instance, uh, there was a couple where Jacob he he'd flex about you know he'd be playing Call of Duty. And girls would try to FaceTime them, and it would get really annoying. And it's just, it's just so, so many great things. And there was one where he had coins on his head, and was talking about how he's a coin magnet, and he wishes he was a chick magnet also. <laughs> that has uh, become quite the inside joke between our many, many friends. And uh, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing to remember. And one of the things I remember specifically from that time um, was the fact that I saw him posting all these selfies and all these pictures. It was like. Um, Almost like once every three nights, it felt like. So it was pretty rapid. And I was like, man, I ought to start posting more. I got to start posting selfies. And I never actually did that. And I, uh, I'm i glad I didn't. Because uh, looking back, I would not have appreciated myself very much if I had posted uh, as much when I was you know, 12 years old, whatever. But uh, yeah, so that was that's a glimpse into, into our, our boy, our, our, young, our young Jake's life. And, um, uh, yeah, if you want to talk about uh, freshman year in specifics, we can, or we can opt out. I'm, I'm of course, talking about the Snapchat era. Oh, the Snapchat era. Well, yeah. I, I actually kind of want to go back to that old Instagram Oh, era. the old Instagram. Okay, yes. Jake's got some yes. more to say about his old Instagram. Yes. Um, um, that old Instagram is a very, very um, interesting time in my life. Um, the reason why I personally choose to keep it around, I remember... It wasn't till recently when I was able to get the account back. I was trying left and right because it's such an old account. And for some reason, it wasn't going through to Instagram like the password reset. And I finally got it after enough times. And I was sitting there with Caleb and some of our other friends. It was about, I think it was like midnight. And we were just talking. And I was like looking through my post. And on, I was actually physically on the old Instagram. I had signed into it. And I was like, man, what was I thinking? And then I realized why everybody laughs at this. And But the thing is, I knew that once I signed on, I wasn't going to delete it. I actually deleted a few posts, um, a few that is just like I wouldn't have on there just in case it got through to like a professional career. It's like things that would maybe not be acceptable in this time, even though I was a very young, like eight or nine. It's just like people might look at it in the wrong way. Yeah, you Jake know what thought, I mean? Jake thought he was being cool. Yeah, no, and right. I, I was just like, no, no, no. I wanted, so I deleted like two or three, and those are not the ones people joke about, really. And so um, what I, my vision on that Instagram is like, I don't want to delete it because that is me. Mm-hmm. That is part of me. And it's a so, relic. And it, in, my, in my opinion, it's kind of like if you want to take something out of a history book. It's like, oh, that didn't happen. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, no, because it did happen. You, you, it's what you learn from it, and that's what I learned from that moment. It's like some, it's not okay, in my opinion, to be posting selfies twenty four seven about as we know now. Yes, given, definitely. Given status updates of, um, oh, I just um, had face had a FaceTime with this girl, blah blah blah. It's like that's not okay, and. Um, <laughs> But it's something we can all go back and laugh about, and I think that's what also builds characters. If you can go back and laugh about your um, funny moments and sometimes your uh, 
unruly moments. Sure. And if you've learned from them, then I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a Jake has a very and I, I gotta I gotta give him credit for this. He has a very mature uh, standpoint on that because I know many many people and even myself I've deleted some of my older posts that are uh, not great. But uh, yes, Jake Jake has quite a quite a collection and he has decided to hold on to it. So I gotta gotta give him credit on that. Thank you, Gil. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so moving on, yeah. Um, we we can talk uh, about the high school era if Jake wants to get into that, but you know if not, completely understandable. Okay. Uh, well, uh, so you wanted to start it off in freshman year? Oh, absolutely. You want you want me to talk about me or talk about to talk about like us? Oh, well, let's talk about you first, okay. um, uh, and then we can yeah. All right. So freshman year of high school, man, I'm going back to that. All right. Honestly, uh, coming back to now, it's like. Freshman year almost seems like a blur. It was like I remember sophomore year a lot more than I do freshman year. Um, I remember freshman year. I know um, I it's been a year since uh, I went through kind of like a workout phase, and it's like I was working out all the time. And from seventh to eighth grade, I made a massive improvement on my uh, like uh, physical strength and physique. And um, during eighth grade, I think everybody. Um, dogging on me on this, like in a good way, in a good way, I guess, uh, complimenting on me, built up my, um, what do we call it, uh, ego. Yeah, okay, sure. It built up my ego, and uh, freshman year, I guess that's when it started, is when that ego kind of took over me, and I thought I was all that, and um, I, I, I remember, it's like, I would always, now I had a lot of confidence, maybe I would say too much confidence. And it's like I didn't know how to really play with that. I was also a newly found uh, high school student, and going to a small Christian school, kind of a bubble. So I didn't, we didn't, none of us really knew how the world worked. And so, um, since we are, all right, okay, but we'll go ahead into what Caleb thinks about that. Well, no, I was just gonna ask. Like, I, I remember, um, was it? I think I thought SLU. Uh, SLU is a big, it's a leader, it stands for Student Leadership University. Uh, they do these trips for, you know, I think middle school and high school kids, and you go to like Orlando, then to DC, then you go to Europe, and then you go to Israel, and it's like, it's a whole big thing uh, for the Christian schools or Christian, uh, I think Christian groups in certain churches. And so I, what I remember is, is, I think I thought from what I had heard, uh, Jake, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I th- Jake went on one of these trips and he gained a ton of confidence. And talking to the ladies, <laughs> so uh, you can back me up on that. Or you can tell me I'm wrong. I understand either way, but uh, yeah, if you want to tell us about that, that, I think that was more. That was like the summer in between freshman and sophomore year. So I guess when you start oh, talking about pro- okay, 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 that there's some clarification there. But if if we want to go into that, I guess freshman year building up is like. Um, I guess I was a very flirty individual early high school. I, I'd flirt a lot with the girls at our school, even though I was not really interested in many of them. But uh, um, I know that um, it did build up my confidence to when we did go on these SLU trips. Um, 101 and 201 specifically. 101, we went to Orlando down in Florida. And 201, we went to D.C. And uh, I went on both of those in the same summer because I had to catch up. And... Um, so, I remember in 101, I was hanging around Ethan, our good old friend Ethan Carr, and that's like the first time Ethan and I hung out. Like, we don't, Ethan and I don't hang out. 
But Ethan, he was all into the ladies too. And so we, we would talk about that a whole bunch. And then uh, we start kind of like, you know, freshman year, checking out, checking out the ladies, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, what, um, what can we, I guess, uh, how can we go up to these females and I guess uh, attract them? Or, um, what's the word? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a... You're going to try to woo them? Woo them. You're going you're gonna to try to eventually court them? Yes. And uh, um, so we start going up and talking to these to these females or females. Females. As I say. And um, I remember um, Ethan, he had this this weird confidence that was like very powerful in my opinion. And I almost tried to mimic it. But uh, a, lot, a lot of people came up to me and told me that I was doing better. Sometimes they said Ethan would kind of stagger on his words. And I was like, oh. I was like, hmm. So it, that built up my ego a little bit more. And, um, and I was kind of really oddly um, happy about that, I guess. And um, I met some friends on that trip. None that I really talked to anymore because we all live in different parts of the world. And SLU is kind of like it brings... It brings together students um, from the nation, so the U.S., uh, from different parts of it, and into one place. And they spend like a week together, learn about history and um, stuff that they offer at SLU. Um, and it's really kind of cool. It's awesome to meet people there. And I will say, I don't really stay in contact with many of the people I met, like maybe two. Sure. And really, that's barely in contact at all Yeah. as well. But and then two of one, I remember that confidence had built up so much that I would I would I was still hanging around like Gabe and James, which is an old little friend group that's not maybe not the healthiest, we would say. And um I know they were thrown off by the amount of confidence I that I had. They would want they would tell me it's like, Ooh, that girl's really pretty or in their words, that girl's really hot, you know. And um so I was like Man, and it's like, I'll go up to her and talk to her. I'll invite her to her table. And they're like, no, you won't. I was like, yeah. And then so I'd go up and bring, bring them to the table, invite them, talk with them. Well, we eat dinner at a table. And um, so that's why they would come. And um, I know we, we always wanted to hang out with the ladies. And we met these one group of girls. I think they were from North Carolina, I believe. Unreal, unsure about that. I don't keep up with them. But... Um, I know they, we were really interested in them. Some might have been interested in us. Maybe they were just playing us along. But I remember that was that was a fun time. And ever since I invited them to our table, Gabe and James, they just want to be around me because they knew I had the confidence to talk to females. Jake Wells, the chick magnet. Yes, but I didn't really progress anything past that. Once I Once I talked to them, I had a good initial kind of uh, first impression. But I didn't didn't really have anything going after that because I didn't really know uh, myself. I guess it was it was like young Jake. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And I think that um uh, I I only attended the first one, um but I think one one important thing that I no- that I noticed and learned about myself was is when given a circumstance where you are going to meet people and you don't have the consequence of knowing that you'll see them every single day. Like, at our school, we had very, very few people, and so with that, it was almost like, you know, if you, let's say you want to ask one out. If you do that and you fail, whole school's going to know about it, and 
it'll it'll all be crashing and, and tumbling down, uh, yada yada yada. But what I've learned about going uh, to this at least the first SLU is that I could talk to these people and never see them again. So if I mess up, it's no big deal. And a really big thing that I learned going through it, and I think Jake also learned, is that um, you're kind of just free. You have a freedom about that. And a lot of times, you're not going to mess up. That fear in your in the back of your brain telling you, ooh, it's going to be a botch job, eh, it's a lie. And so I think that that's definitely magnified for both of us in our uh, college years now. We're not, we, can, we can talk about that here in just a second. But I know now, like, meeting people, I'm not afraid to walk up and talk to people. A lot of people are. Um, but I know Jake as well. We're, we're, we, we've lost that fear that we probably had as younger people to, you know, what if, what if they laugh? Like, uh, that's not going to happen. But, yes. So I just, I kind of I wanted to slide that in there just to, just to magnify the situation and, you know, you know shed light on all that and, and the power of, of the confidence in yourself. So, uh, yeah, we can, you know, if you have any more to say about SOU, we can keep talking about that. We can talk about, um, you know, when we kind of kind of turned out being friends, you can, we can talk about the, the night. I say that in air <laughs> quote just because it's not like the night, you know, Jake and I met each other. It's just the night uh, Jake and I really, our, our, our friendship grew. So um, you want to talk about that? I mean, I can, I can. I'll go back to SOU, clarify one thing. I know, sure. I know when, when I talk about my friend Ethan, who I was like, Enaggered by his confidence, and people came up to me and said, "Hey, um, uh, I think your confidence shows some more light." And I was like, I, "I'm still always drawn to Ethan's confidence. I think he has. I think still to this day, going up intentionally for a first impression, I think he has a little bit more confidence in that than I do. But uh, um, I think he's a great dude. He goes to Auburn with us. He's a freshman." Um, but that's all. I just want to clarify that I don't think anything bad about Ethan. <laughs> yeah, can't be can't be saying too much uh, too much negative. No, I think he's a, I think he's a good dude. But yeah, so uh, I guess moving forward, I'm gonna be skipping a lot of time here. Um, you know, Jake Jake's confidence was definitely magnified from what I remember on to the school dances and whatever. Jake was he was not he was not afraid, and I gotta I gotta give him credit for that as well. Um, and so, moving forward, I believe it was uh, 2017, and it was, uh, I think it was December 17th, something like that, um, 16th or 17th, but uh, that was kind of the night Jake and I's friendship really coagula- coagulated, and we kind of started rolling with each other. And so, to give, to give some, a little bit more context and backstory to this, um, I remember that once Jake got his license, he was driving everywhere. He was, you know, doing his thing, all that, inviting a whole bunch of people to do a whole bunch of different things, and um, it was like, whoa. But what I learned, and I think even going through school was, is that Jake had a knack for, he'd, he'd spread a wide net, he'd ask a bunch of people who would say maybe, and then you'd show up, and then it'd just be you and Jake, and you're like, oh, okay. And so this was, it was kind of an awkward situation, because it's like, I didn't know Jake that well. And so when, when you know, going to his house, and it's just you and him, you just kind of look at each other, and you're like, well, what do we do? But, um, yes, so uh, this particular night, um, I had just finished doing shopping with my uh, grandmother, and I got a phone call, or I think it was a t- t- text or phone call, I don't remember, I think it may have been a phone call, actually, but, um, yes, it was, it was from Jake, and um, uh, he was call, or calling and asking if I wanted to, you know, hang out with him tonight, and so, of course, 
this did not bode well at first when initially hearing about this because I'm like, oh, this, uh, what's it going to be? It's going to be me and Jake driving around. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like we've, we've done that now and we've been happy. But um, yeah, back then it's like, well, what's going to happen? But she, he's like, no, uh, I got some already some other some friends, some girls from other schools or another school. And yeah, we have people we're going to be hanging out with. And I was like, oh, well, that's a game changer then. I guess uh, we could look into that. And so, yes, um, it was, that was an interesting time in and of itself because I got Jake, picked him up. Uh, we were going to meet at a restaurant and it was in downtown and I hate driving in downtown and finding parking. And so we went down there. It turns out they weren't even there. Then they're like, oh no, we're going to another restaurant. We go to the other restaurant and they're like, oh no, actually not that one, but the other one. And so we just keep getting ping ponged around in this limbo. I almost got in a car accident one time. It was, it was a really rough time. But, uh, Jake, I'm gonna let Jake talk about this because Jake and I initially bonded over a certain song and I know, I know that Jake probably, Jake, Jake can explain it a lot better than I know, than I know I can. Yes. So, um, I know exactly what he's talking about. I know when, um, we, we wanted to go to this pizza restaurant. Okay. And it, he said it was downtown and initially they were there, they were parked and we were going there and we eventually parked and went inside we didn't see him and we're like what's up so i called my friends and they're like oh we're we're thinking about going to um a big rosie's which uh, rosie's is a franchise um i think it's maybe only in the south i'm i don't know don't correct me if i'm correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's only in the south and we're like okay we'll go to rosie's and uh this is a whole a whole debacle because these places were not close together yes. for context, so it was it was a little bit of driving. <laughs> and I, I know Caleb might have been a, a little frustrated at this point because he, he didn't want to drive around that much, but he's agreed to drive, and so we drive. We head to Big Rosie's, and I call it Big Rosie's because there was also Little Rosie's. And, um, Oddly close to each other. Yes, and so we went to the Big Rosie's, and uh, the, our friends were already inside. And we're we're outside waiting for them. And they come back outside, and they're like, "Hey, so it's really crowded. It's like an hour wait. So we're gonna go somewhere else." Yeah. So so yet again, we've been <laughs> ping ponged to a different location. And uh, yes, I was a little frustrated. And so just for for a little side story, I'm gonna have her on later. But I actually I met my current girlfriend that night. We've been dating for I guess I'm almost like two and a half, almost three years. Um, and I, the first words I told her, as I said, I believe you owe me an apology because she had me pretty much drive around the whole place. Hadn't even talked or seen her yet, but yeah, it's, it's funny where, where things may start. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll let Jake keep going. I just wanted to interject that in there. Yes. And, um, um, yeah, I was good friends with her and we've known each other for a long time. And she's told me she wants to get people together. And she told me to bring a guy friend, hence, therefore why I got Caleb to come. And, um, I know Caleb and I were not too close at that time. We were more, I guess, acquaintances almost. Yeah. And um, I know, I think he was honestly my third option. We kind of laugh about that to to this day. Yeah, Jake tried getting different people, and I was I was not the first on the totem pole. <laughs> and, but he's, he's the one that said yes. He's the one that answered. And um, I know Renee had a few of her friends, and that, that's, that's her name. And... Um, but uh, I remember when we finally chose a different place. I don't honestly don't remember what place we, we went chose. to Panera. We went to Panera. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And finally, when we chose Panera, I got in a car with Caleb, and he's like, "Jake, you know, I've been listening to this song a lot lately. It's not really new, but it's kind of new to me." 
I was like, okay, let's give it a listen to. And it's like we were trying to find stuff to listen to. And um, so he plays Toes by Zach Brown Band. And immediately, it's like this song sets a tone. It's like, uh, it's like a relaxful tone. Like I was relaxed. And it was, it was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And we played it. And um, I remember Kale was humming to it. And I, I remember I was trying to kind of keep it in my mind. It's a catchy song. It's a catchy tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after it was over, I was like, "Dude, that's really awesome." And he's like, "Can we play it again?" <laughs> Check one of those right again. No wasting time. And I remember I, I played that song on repeat for like a week at least. It, it was a great. That, I'm a repeat. Yeah, no. Jake, Jake likes guy. to wear out the songs. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was in, in that night. The preceding events were just really great. We're not going to get into that necessarily. There was a lot of things we did, but it was a it was a really enjoyable night. Uh, very memorable. Still remember a lot of it. And uh, yeah, very proud for the uh, the experience. But uh, yes, that was that was kind of how that night went. And um, if you have any more you want to talk about, perfectly fine. Um, uh, I'm good on that topic. All right, great. Then we can start. We can start moving into uh, maybe a little bit more, a little bit more meaty. So uh, Jake and I, uh, just today, it is a Sunday on the day of which we were recording this podcast, and I watched my Sunday church uh, on my phone uh, because we're not meeting in person, hence COVID and such. But um, uh, yeah, Jake, Jake actually went to his church. Um, they're doing in-person stuff, socially distance, and all that. And so I think. Uh, it started, you know, Jake's got some topics. It got him in the mood, maybe, perhaps, you could say. Uh, we're both very, uh, you know, we're, we like to talk about Christian beliefs and what we kind of think on them. And so, with all that, I'm going to let Jake take a lot of it here. He's got a lot of uh, spiritual Christian conversation topics he wants to go over. And, uh, honestly, I'm here for it, and I'd love to hear what he has to say. All right, I'll go into the topic of... Uh what the world considers a good person and what a Christian um, can consider who is in- inherently good or evil. And um, I will go ahead and say that in the secular belief, I think a lot of people look as the majority of the earth as uh, inherently good, mm-hmm. at least by um, their culture standards. And I will say from a Christian standpoint, from a believer standpoint, um, Christ has said that we are all born of sin. And we are all inherently evil, and uh, sin is the direct disobedience towards God. Mm-hmm. And um, and given that, I think we are all inherently evil. And um, it even goes into a whole spiel, uh, I guess, with uh, people wanting to talk about um, having debates. I know in Community, a show that Caleb and I really enjoy watching. It's on Netflix now. If any one of y'all want to give it a listen out there, it's a really good show. Yeah. Yes, I'll give it a watch, and um, I know that one of the episodes they had, they actually had a debate on: is man good or is man inherently evil? And uh, I know uh, in the show they joke around. It's more of like a, it's a joking show. It's a comedy, but even though they're joking about it, this is this debate kind of caught my interest, and it made me more interested in this topic because they didn't really use any Christian ideology in the debate but um i know going about it it's like two characters in the show i, I won't get into too much because i don't want to spoil it for y'all but uh i know char- two characters in the show annie and jeff are on one side of the debate court and then they have their rival school um who's on the other side and the rival school is trying to debate that man is inherently good and um i think 
this is honestly brought by a cultural, um, moral kind of like morality, I guess. It's like people, um, especially I guess in the U.S. Um, and maybe maybe like in the South specifically, um, a lot of people are going to be just kind of sh- flat out nice to you, like in, in for like an initial response. It's like you drop a pen. It's like, oh, let me get that for you. And that's like, that's a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think can confuse a lot of people, especially if they're not Christian. It's like, oh, I run about good people all the time. It's like, but do you really know them? Sure. It's like, I know I've had a few people in my life that is like when I first have been introduced to them or have been around them for just a little bit, it's like, oh, I think this person's awesome. But and as you get into a deeper relationship and you realize they're not all that. They're not all that. And that's honestly the truth for all of us. We're not all that. It's like we all have our flaws and we all have our strengths. It's like what do we focus on? And I think it's easier to focus on the strengths or to strengthen our weaknesses if we have Christ under our belt. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of what I think about that. So, so what, uh, what I'm definitely or I'm trying to concisely break down what you're saying is, is that uh, as a whole we are bad people trying to try and, we, and we need to be better. And so even though we may do good things by even you know the world standard or uh, Christianity standards, uh, we can we can't really we can't really get out of you know being necessarily bad people. We cannot do anything that can save us. And uh, I kind of have I have a point that that kind of reminded me of. Um, did you take ethics last year or like a, I took a philosophy intro to uh, ethics? Okay, so yes, and I am currently in that class now, and uh, we talked about cultural relativism which pretty much talks about how different cultures have different morals and how you can't really morality is relative and you can't really have an argument with another culture about what is moral and your own right because let's say um uh, there's a certain culture that believes in reincarnation and that um like i, I believe india how they are how hinduism Maybe Hinduism. I'm not. I'm not too sure on that. But if reincarnation and um, if reincar- reincarnation is real to them, and they say that if an ancestor dies, um, they go they go to a different animal or a different person. I'm not really sure. But let's say that there's a society that believes that when ancestors die, they go into cows. Um, then uh, they believe it's not okay to eat cows. And then here in America, in our general society, we think, oh well, it's okay to eat cows because I like steak, hamburgers. XYZ. But then they say, no, it's not morally right to eat a cow because, you know, grandma is in there. And so really what that shakes down to is, is like, though we have those face value different beliefs, when it breaks down, it's a lot of, we value the same thing. We believe that you shouldn't eat grandma. Definitely. But it's, it's about how you go about that. And so in the same hand, what that, what that has left the world with is, is we don't have one big moral code. And morality is so relative that you can argue so many things. Now, there are some things that are not allowed for society to survive. Like, you can't have lying run rampant in a society. You can't have uh, murder. Society can't thrive with those things if they're just allowed. Um, But that's a whole other thing, of course. But I think with all that relative belief, it's it's hard to break down, um, in even a secular worldview, what's right and what's wrong. But I think that we are privileged to be Christians, and we have we have a moral code. You know, it makes sense to us. We got it. And um, uh, yeah, that's just it, it, that's something that um, you kind of brought to my mind when you talked about that. Um, uh, but yes, I, I agree. I think people are 
from the get-go, not good and evil. Uh, no one is righteous, not even one. It's from Matthew. Jesus said it. Yeah, you can back me up on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, so that's that, and that. I mean, that's just my two cents. I'll uh, I'll let you I'll let you handle uh, whatever else you've got running uh, with that same topic or a different topic. All you. Yeah, I, I want to go back to the the point where you made is like when you say that there's no way out of us being bad, and it's like, but and I know you agree with this. It's like there there is a way out with uh with Christ, of course, and um, but. He, while we're here on earth, um, even though we might be living w- within Christ um, and living of Christ and have that moral code in Christianity, um, we still fall to sin. Yes. And we still need repentance. And that is something we cannot escape here on this earth because yes. the earth is full of sin. Um, just, I guess I wanted to just kind of clarify that oh, in, sure. in a sense. Um, but yeah, um, I guess there's not too much more on that topic. Um yeah, that, that's a, that's a that's a, that's a definitely a, a baseline argument. The whole uh, morality, you know, good good for our people inherently good versus evil. And I agree with what Jake's saying. Um, there's there's definitely a thing of uh, which I, I I guess I glossed over is like yes we we have victory in Jesus, but what I really want to emphasize is we we can't do anything, and there's nothing that we can do to to get ourselves access to heaven other than accept Jesus as our savior. Yes, and um, now I'm. Re- Recall back to your point. Um, we can end that point and call back to a point in that about the cultural relativism. And um, you say you're taking a ethics yeah, class. It's the same class. Yeah. And um, who's who's your professor, by the way? It's uh, Jennifer Lockhart. Oh, okay. Okay. I did not have the same professor. Um, but anyways, um, I know uh, you're talking about cultural relativism, and I'm actually talking about the same thing in my anthropology class. Oh. And I, I'll tell y'all what, I really like my anthropology class. And it's, it's actually my favorite class so far that I've taken, and I'm not even done with it. It's a, it's really awesome. It talks about the history and culture of humanity, and which uh, really opens your eyes to kind of like what humanity is and what we've kind of developed into. And... Um, there are some points within it that they talk about that I don't necessarily agree with, like evolution. Um, but um, in a essence, we do, as a culture, we do evolve. Cultures do evolve, um, I, either by moral code, code, by traditions, by how we do things. I think we evolve in that essence. But physically, um, you could make arguments, um, like, say, back in the... 20s uh, people were stronger uh, because uh, you know they worked outside more labor was manual but now people are inherently like kind of weaker and uh, because they don't have as much manual labor so uh, a lot of work is done by, behind the computer but I also want to go on the point of the combat point of uh, cultural relativism which is actually ethnocentrism or in a European standpoint it could be Eurocentrism and this is kind of the belief where it's kind of the understanding that one other's culture might be very different from the other one. And um, basically, going into that culture, you can't really judge their beliefs right off the bat. And um, they're saying, oh, that's kind of weird, is kind of more cultural relativism standpoint. It's like, oh, that's different. And, but I kind of want to learn more and understand that. Mm-hmm. And going even deeper into that is actually participating some of their events. Maybe not being fully capable of like believing what you're participating in, 
exactly, but participating in just to give kind of an understanding of it. Sure, an appreciation. Yes. yes, and I think that's uh, very interesting. We actually watched a video on that. Uh, I know me and one of my other classmates went to the library to watch the video and do the assignment, and it was on the people of the Yanomami, which uh, they're based kind of like in the bottom left portion of Brazil, and right under it, I guess. And these the Yanomami people are they're they look like very native people, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of their cultural practices are very almost third world esque, where they have the option not to be third world, but they refuse it. And um, it's, as our culture, it's kind of like, why would they refuse it? And you kind of, I think you kind of have to go back and understand is like, that's what they, that's the culture they were born into. And they might be resilient to change. They might not want change because change is hard. Change is always going to be hard. Oh, yeah. No matter what. But uh, I think that's kind of the reason why they don't really want to change. It's like they, they're happy and they're, they're able to live. Mm-hmm. And so they just continue with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and also I heard a, it was, it was definitely, is a joke quote, but it's all, it's like, um, it pretty much said tradition is just peer pressure from our ancestors. And I mean, that's, that's honestly got some truth to it. Uh, but yes, I believe that, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, different cultures and different societies that we encounter, we, we can definitely, we cannot look at them and say they're any, any worse or any better than us. Um, because you know we can we we have been conditioned to the society that we live in i've i've lived on this earth for 20 years and you know initially maybe if i was you know for the first 15 i would have definitely thought america has higher uh societal standards than other places but i can't really say that now you know because it's 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 all it's a different world we live in and that's it's really not true i cannot sit here and say one is better or one is worse mm-hmm. and um speaking in uh I guess a Christian standpoint to maybe not a Christian standpoint, but kind of like it delves into that kind of role. Um, I had lunch with a friend before I came back to Auburn. Um, one of these, one of these friends, they're going to mission work uh, this year, and they were talking about um, um, one of the people that was trying to help him out and becoming uh, this gap year missionary, and that's what they're doing. It's a gap year program, and um, this friend. Um, or their mentor, their leader, had been a missionary over in China for two years. He had been living in China for two years. And um, they were sharing their testimonies with each other. They told me about it. And they were sharing the testimonies. And um, the awesome thing is, um, is your testimony builds as mm-hmm. your life goes on. You have more to add or some to take out that you might not think maybe it's not necessary. But what's always necessary, of course, is that moment where you have Christ as your Savior, and where you choose to follow Christ as your Savior. But they were talking about that, and um, this person that I had lunch with, they uh, didn't think they had a great testimony because it wasn't filled with awesome stories or a great overcoming. Yeah. And um, and the person from China is like they're dealing with like persecution, like like a uh, physical persecution. Different game, yeah. And it's a different game out there. And uh, they're they're like, man, it. Um, the person who I had lunch with is thinking, man, it must be really hard to be a Christian there. And they they were having this conversation. This person told me about it, is that um, r- the person came up to um, the person I had lunch with, the gap year student, and he's like, I am very impressed by your testimony. And they were thrown back. They're like, whoa, 
I don't really have a big testimony like you do. And he's like, no, but I really am. Because in America, you have all these options. You have, all, you have, uh, you have kind of like the luxury of many options for religion and many ideas. Mm-hmm. And you have so many to choose from, yet you still choose Christianity, especially when our culture, um, our society brings it down in many, um, I guess, uh, pop um, realism, or I guess uh, in the news they bring it down sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I th- that's a really awesome way to look on it because we think, oh, choosing Christianity is easy, especially if we've grown up in a church home. Yeah. And But really... Um, it can be looked at as hard, especially when you go off to college and you have, you're living on your own without your parents. It's like your faith is now becoming yours, like yeah, it's strictly a becoming yours as a choice. And now you have your experience in all these options, and especially on a college campus. I know Auburn, we have a concourse here, and um, I know anybody can really have have a booth set up there, or anybody can talk there if they want to. And I know that we've had some fire and brimstone uh, type of people come on campus and talk about what they think the gospel is. Yeah. And um, it's never received really right, or some, some people are maybe drawn the wrong direction because of it. But that's the, that's the thing. In China, you only get two choices. It's either Christ or death. It's like Christ or death. It's persecution. Um, and that also goes into like that control, that government control that they have. Because in, in China, they they really they say it's communist China, but really the government is controlling everybody there, which is kind of interesting in, mm. in my view. So um, I guess in that essence, it is really awesome that we are able to stick with Christianity going into our college years. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I want to say about the culture. Yeah, and I think what you meant was is like if 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 you're a Christian in China, then then that is death. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because you said you said Christ or death earlier, and I can I can that can sound weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. No, we're we're all right though. We we understood what you meant. I just you know I didn't want people getting the wrong idea. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's a that's a good synopsis on that point. And I know um, Jake, if you have any more you want to say on that, um, we could talk more. If you want to go to a different topic, I'm good with either one. Um. We can go into a different topic, I reckon. Sure, all you. Jake's got another one. Jake, actually, he came a lot, pretty well prepared. Um, I had I had some throwaway ideas that you know could be interesting, but Jake, Jake actually kind of he kind of dug deep. He did a little bit of research, something that uh, I don't know. I didn't do that much of. Uh, so yeah, I'll let I'll let him take it away with uh, whatever else he's got. I'll talk. Um, I'm gonna go into a topic that um, Jordan Peterson um, um, talk talks a lot about. And uh, I remember I watch a lot of his videos on YouTube. Um, he Jordan Peterson, if y'all don't know, is a he's a professor at uh, Toronto University. Um, a very intellectual individual um, has a lot of ideologies based on like the person and how uh, kind of a person's mind works. And I find that really interesting. I think Hale does too. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing he really aims at talking about is uh, a person being a monster and I think this is really interesting because when a lot of people hear uh, people talk about somebody as a monster that's kind of referred to as bad because Mm -hmm. a monster you look at in a movie is like oh um, we'll give Monsters Inc. uh, kind of a rundown 
is like Soli and Mike Lazowski. Um, in the the real world, um, when they come into the real world through that door to scare children, that's a scary aspect. That's bad. Mm-hmm. But when they come back, it's like, oh, it's just normal life. We're we're just going to work, having a good time, um, and filling up the scare meter. You know. Sure. And but when we when we talk about the monster aspect, I think it's really interesting because he brings into a new light, saying that the monster really um, is somebody that's not afraid to stand his ground and to really um, uh, like give his ideas and really give his mind to the other person. Okay. And but you also have to be very careful with that because uh, I think you can also give too much. Um, and many people, including myself, are very capable of doing that. And um, But also a lot of people, I think most people in the world are people pleasers. Mm-hmm. And they're afraid to do that and afraid to say, oh, I think you're wrong in this because they're afraid of backlash. And they're afraid, oh, I might lose this person or I might lose some, some ground with this person that I might be gaining in a relationship. And... In my personal opinion, I think that's wrong. I think my my personal best friends and Caleb Caleb is one. Um, um, I would say that in a best friend aspect, they will not be afraid to tell you that they they think you're wrong in a specific argument or understanding. And I also think that it's also good to back your point up. If you tell somebody I think you're wrong, this is why I think you're wrong, and I think that's really good. And uh, you can you can say that's a monstrous aspect. I think the term monster, looking back on Jordan Peterson's response, I think maybe it's a little bit extraordinary. I know I know most people can see it as kind of more extraordinary, but uh, and maybe maybe a little too much. But I think it's very interesting and in looking like that. I think the reason why he uses that is to get get across to his class. I think it's a teaching aspect, a teaching tool. Sure. Term. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I definitely, I've, I've watched some Jordan Peterson in my time and I, I've always thought he was a very interesting man and he's got some very interesting beliefs and I like how, how much he's able to elaborate on his ideas. Um, yeah, it, it's been a minute since I've watched some for myself, but yes, I know he's into clinical psychology and he talked, he talked, uh, about many different things, but uh, yeah, I guess that that viewpoint on the monster being able to you know stand their ground or like people being monsters, it's just someone who can stand their ground and is not afraid to. Yes, it can definitely go overboard, but uh, yeah, good values, good values altogether. Mm-hmm. And also, just going behind that is like I think that's also a sense of confidence. I think a person that's able to represent themselves and their their ideas and not afraid to tell somebody else that they're wrong or give their judgment on a specific thing, I think it shows a lot of um, confidence. And I think people are actually, in the long run, attracted to that. To yeah. that. I think most people do not like when people don't have something else to say on top of their argument. And um, in the long run, they don't. And a lot of people like uh, uh, yes men, or yes, a yes man, is yeah. like saying, oh yeah, I agree with you, but after a while, I think that actually eats up inside of you. Yes, yes, man. yes men can be deteriorating. Mm-hmm, they can. And I think if you have some constructive criticism, I think that's going to build your character even more. Mm-hmm. And if you can bounce off each other in that, I think it's also very healthy to agree to disagree at some points. Definitely. 
And, um, but yeah, that's really all I have for that topic. Yeah, yeah. sensibly so. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty pretty good. You have any uh, any any? You have any more topics you'd like to uh, address here? Or was that? I yours? was wondering if you had any topics. I have one more that I'm willing to talk about, but I was wondering if you had one or two. Yeah, um, I I mean, I think with that, um, I have some some ideas on that, and I have some certain topics. But I think that one that I'm probably gonna elaborate on a different episode, maybe because it's a it's it's a large thing in and of itself. But it's pretty much how. Um, Emotionally driven are are really our demographic. Uh, the college kids have uh, kind of become. We've uh, we've frankly we've been coddled into a, a state of emotional ease and like the need to not be offended and all that. And I think that that's kind of you know people can be seen as monsters when they are so confident in their beliefs because it makes people uncomfortable sometimes because people really want they want that feeling of safety and they want to not be offended. And they want tolerance and uh, X, Y, Z. But yeah, that's just that's a side thought. That's a whole big thing that I'm probably going to talk about um, at a later date. But I'll let Jake um, hit us on this last hole here with his final topic. All right, this is this is one that I've actually been talking with a few people at certain times. And I think I've mentioned to you. Did you mention this to you before? I remember talking about about it actually two nights ago with my roommate Alex. Mm-hmm. And um, he found it very interesting as well. Um, and I actually have not been doing, I, I should do some more research in this, um, like in the Bible. Um, but I've, I watched a video on it. And it's uh, mainly, it refers, it's referring a lot to our recent pop culture. And um, this video is talking about um, selling your soul to the devil. Interesting. Ooh, and uh, we're, getting, we're, getting, we're digging deep. Yes. And this is this is really interesting to me because there's an old folk tale of a of a I don't remember the names used in the folk tale. I'm just gonna say a boy and Satan or the devil. And um, so this boy, he's a poor boy and is an orphan as well. And he has this like little flute. And um, the but he's not really good at it. He tries to play on the street to get money because he needs money for food. And um, the devil comes up to him and says, the boy is at his lowest state. Like, he does, doesn't know any escape. And so the devil comes up to him and is like, I can give you all this talent to play that flute better than anybody in the world, but you have to give me your soul. Mm-hmm. And so the boy does it. And, and because of that, he becomes the best flute player in the world. And this is a, a very old folk tale. And... He gets earns all these riches. He gets all this fame and notoriety, but yet at the end he ends up unhappy. He feels empty inside, and yet he was monetarily he was a lot more poor when he was not talented. Yeah, and now he's more unhappy, and when he has all these worldly riches, and I think that's really really interesting because uh, this video then goes into talking about our now pop culture. And um, even talks about some of like the Illuminati stuff, which I'm not going to go into. I think that's a little, a little much. But uh, it talks about some pop stars. It gave gave the Weekend for example. That was like one of his big examples and some of the Weekend songs. And um, he said that the Weekend kind of started out um, before he was writing songs. He was a high school dropout, mm-hmm. and when he dropped out, his parents kind of rejected him. Uh, because uh, they didn't they didn't really think he was doing right and um, he had this 
they they said he had this girlfriend um, that he wanted to chase after, and um, that's one of the reasons why he also dropped out, and uh, um, which kind of led him to want to like sing. Um, and he was at a very low point in this time. He was a high school dropout, um, and he's chasing after this girl that I believe didn't really have interest in him. And um, then, um, after a while, he became this well-renowned pop star. And we all know today is like a good song. It's like on TikTok, Blinding Lights. I enjoy the song Blinding Lights. Oh yeah. But uh, I know, I know this this person on YouTube. He was talking about um, the weekend selling his soul to the devil, which I found very interesting. And then. He, he uses some of the weekend songs for examples of this, like his music videos, and I think that's a little over the top. Maybe look at the lyrics more, and I think some of his lyrics are a little sketchy in that regard. But um, and I think it is also very interesting how a person can go from almost nothing to this huge star, and um, and they're just grinding and like make popping out songs and like really good songs all the time. And a lot of that can come with a, a lot of talent. But uh, this person goes into that old folk tale saying that they believe that The weekend actually sold his soul to the devil, which that's a very interesting term in my opinion, which I think this is actually a direct blasphemy towards God, which is the ultimate sin. And I don't think um, in biblical terms, I don't think it's actually selling your soul to the devil. But... Uh, Okay, and um, but it's a blasphemy, and meaning that instead of in your lowest point, um, saying turning to God, you're instead turning towards all the worldly desires, all the fleshly desires, and I think that's what a lot of pop stars are probably, in an essence, guilty of, especially if they came from a very low state and they don't proclaim Christianity. Um, which that's also another thing people proclaim Christianity they're actually not but this is not what this point's really about um, but I think it's really interesting um, because um, it's what you're doing when you're doing that blasphemy to God is you're blocking that hole in your heart from the Lord and instead you're letting in all these worldly desires and I think on top of that when you do that you allow yourself to like really stretch out those worldly desires even more than you would even when you didn't reject God, mm-hmm. when your heart was still open to that idea. And I think it's just now, it's a constant stream into your heart of just bad or just worldly desires. Some could be looked at as good, but not good in God's eyes. Sure. And um, I think that's why a lot of people um, can have success like that. It's because they focus mainly on those those desires and um, since those desires are attractive sin is attractive uh, the devil's attractive and they it says um, it, the Bible talks about Lucifer as being the most the a very beautiful angel and um, that's and it's kind of weird because a lot of movies show him as kind of like this horned looking figure or this beast but in reality, it's probably not that because, like the Bible says, it describes him as this beautiful creature. Yeah. And so we're all attracted to sin. So these pop stars know that they have to use those desires 
uh, to push their their song, their content out. Yeah. So definitely blasphemy is a big time topic. We're probably going to have to save that till next time. But uh, until then, thank you all so much for listening. It's been uh, my great pleasure, and I guess we'll see you next time.